You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, John Wertheim here. It's the Tennis Channel Sports Illustrated Tennis Podcast. It is Friday. We're in Melbourne, Australia. That means it's like April where you are. But here's what we do know. We have Roger Federer into the 2017 Australian Open Final. We have Rafa Nadal looming as a potential opponent in the final. He plays Grigor Dimitrov tonight. And on the women's side, it is Williams-Williams. It is the the roll-back-the-clock retro open. It's been a tremendous tournament here. And who better to discuss it with than Mary Carrillo? You know her as Wit Bon Vivant, Tennis Channel analyst. And we are drinking coffee and talking tennis. So pull up a seat with us. You ready? I am so ready. I don't even know where to start. I know. We are doing this on... Friday morning. Correct. Women's final is set. Roger Federer is in the men's final. Nadal, Grigor Dimitrov await us. But why, why don't we go big picture? Big um, picture? I'll, you want, me, you want, well, me, you want I, me to tell you big picture? Tell me big picture. What's going on here? Big picture, for me personally, at the risk of overstating things, with the current climate of American politics, I feel like the 2017 Australian Open is holding my universe together. I think there's an essay, there's a think piece in there somewhere. <laughs> no, it's all for That's you. a... Uh, <laughs> I really believe that. I really. It's, it's, restoring, uh, it's, it's restoring, restoring faith in goodness and perseverance and in doing things honestly. And That's exactly right. That's, honestly, John, Ooh, it's just been that. an unbelievable couple of weeks um, for me, watching, watching all this. You know, the whole idea. Especially, I mean, tell me what the number one story is. I, I, th- I thought it was a big deal when Simona Halep lost on the first day. Yeah, right. A couple Ooh, of hours what? in, that story went right, away. Right. You know, I thought it was a big deal when Novak Djokovic I thought, lost. Well, well, like, curios. <laughs> what about, crazy polarizing guy. Uh, Next I mean, day it's Djokovic. I mean, it just, things just kept happening. It just kept building. And so there, the storylines have never, I've never been to a major where there have been so many feel-good storylines. I mean, you know, last year, this, the first week of the Australian Open was all, about, was all about the scandal of 
Right. Right. Think about where we were a year ago. Think about right. where we were a year ago. The whole idea that you know there was match right. fixing and all that. And, and this, Roger has an injury. Roger's got an injury. Uh, Roger had you know the classic a semifinal could have won it and then injured sem- his knee. Exactly the classic tennis injury bathtub. Healed bathtub injury. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see that coming. <laughs> I mean, this has been the most affirming major I can remember ever being to, and I've been to a lot of these things. You want to you want to keep going with your uh, your ultra. Global macro theme. Remember in two. I may never go back to the United States again. <laughs> someone was saying, like, it's a very... No, but seriously, someone said in, in 2008, fall of 2008, if you were of a particular political persuasion, you would have two things going on. On the one hand, the market was cratering, and we all thought we were going to have to grow our own crops, and it was <laughs> Lehman's brother one day. And then you had Obama rising in the polls, and this, again, for, for a certain segment, not everyone, right. but you had the sense of these sort of very, this duality, right? You had to, my 401k is, is getting liposuction, and at the same time, we have Obama rising in the polls. And I feel like my feed here is, you know, it's half of it is about nominees that you and I may take issue with, and the conflicts of interest that you and I may take <laughs> issue with, and then you have these, I, I use the word uh, without guarded, uh, inspiring tennis stories. Exactly. And, and it's a very, it's a very strange, you're Miles and miles and miles away, and it, it, it's been a very strange few weeks. And, and what's what's interesting, like, we're, so you and you and me, we both work for Tennis Channel, so we don't tend to cover the night matches for the whole first week. But the fact is that a lot of the marquee matches are at night. So, right. of course, after we finish working, I go back to my hotel room, and I watch those matches. So that's a pretty long... And then I, watch, I switch over to see what BBC World News is talking about back home and what's going on in England and what's going... And so basically, for somebody like me, who usually sleeps like a good 10 hours a night, oh, like I, it's hard for me to... At night, it's, if I hit double on. digits, if I hit 10 o'clock at night, that's... Exp- I just... I am overwhelmed. And most of the emotions, I have to say, are good. They really are. It's been a beautiful. I, have you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed it? It's this? been tremendous, and, been and tremendous. I think that uh, we're I think, in the wayback right. machine. No, but I think I think part of it is that, and part of it is, is you know, <laughs> thirty-five is a new twenty-five, and the longevity. I think some of it. I, I really feel like the Williams sisters has become this great tennis love story. Yes. Whoever thought Venus Williams? This is someone who, in her early twenties, basically had the attitude of, "Yeah, I'll do this for a while, and then right. we'll find something that captivates me." She's thirty-six years old. Yes. And she. Celebrates as if she she you know won the juniors, but then she's all about this is the greatest job in the world. Right. I love this sport. I can't imagine doing anything else. The I mean, and the fans there's no polarization anymore. There's no. no ambiguity about the Williams sisters. They are absolute crowd favorites, and they have hugged back. And this is you know this had a couple of ugly chapters. This has turned into like a great tennis love story, hasn't it? It is, and and you know I, the one thing that has has been uh, hard for me in this. In this fortnight is hearing that the great Mary Tyler Moore died. Um, that really that, that hit me hard because I just mm. thought she's this iconic pioneer, and she did so so many. If you if you read the reaction from the whole world right, of women, right. you know that was the one they looked up to. You know every every, and I watched and I I, I pitched this to Tennis Channel. Probably won't get to happen, but I, I love the idea of all of us getting together and singing. Love is all around to her, you know. Oh, Roger Federer, oh, we saw Roger Federer and his, you know, he sang the other night with yeah. Grigor and Tommy. <laughs> right, right. I just have a feeling, you know, she, the way she smiled yesterday after she won that match, Venus, Venus, to get yeah. into the championship round, right. she yeah. can turn the world on with that smile. 
So anyway, I, oh. that is that to me is I don't even know if that's is that the main story now that Venus Williams is still around or is it that Roger and Rafa I think it's might just mix the it up again theme in of it? longevity, which I think. Well, we talked about you and I talked about this, right? We probably there are a couple, we, couple we of different. About I mean, so, some of it is we talked about why, right? Mm-hmm. And some of it is Serena played seven events last year, right? And Roger took the fall off. Rafa took the fall off. Right. Some of it is probably that these people are sufficiently wealthy that the Billie Jean cramming in the back of a station wagon is, is laughable. <laughs> these guys have their yes. net jets and their personal concierges. But how much of it do you think is just, these are extraordinary tennis players? They are extraordinary tennis players. And what's great about our particular sport is that you can't be benched. You can't be thrown off a team. You are. You're, you know, if you decide you want to right. keep playing, if Mariana... Lucic Baroni decides that after seven years of hell, she's still right. got some tennis left in her. Right, right. Even though she's missed 35 majors, she can come back and play. Nobody she's got, can but she's got to win. Right. Nobody can say to Venus Williams, oh, you know what, 2011, oh, you have Sjogren syndrome. You know what, it's too much of a risk for us to keep you on this right. team. You know, we're going to have to... She gets to play. Yeah, but the flip side is she has to win. Nobody says, you know what, yes. we're gonna we're gonna bring you in off the bench. You're you're gonna be on the team, but you're right. just gonna we're gonna limit your minutes. Like Correct. if she doesn't I think the um Wayne Coffey wrote a piece about Lucic in two thousand six, yes. I think. And it was sort of this this dashed hope and what happened to this former Wimbledon semifinalist. Her quotes and I don't know if you did did you see it? I did. The quotes in that story about I know I still have tennis in me, yeah. it might not be next year, but eventually I'm gonna come back. <laughs> E- eerily prescient, and here that was uh, ten years ago. Ten years ago, that and was here, ten here years she ago. Is, uh, here she is, age thirty-five, making the semifinals of uh, of majors. I, I think, don't you think this is ultimately to the sports benefit? I mean, we all we all would love if there were a seventeen-year-old phenom, and you know, Rafa comes out, and he's a teenager, and he's twenty, and he's winning majors, and who's this wacky lefty with the uncle? It's this new thing that challenged Federer. But I, I think this longevity has some real benefit. Oh, look, it's, of course it does, because these are all-time greats that are still around, and, and they're playing some remarkable tennis. I mean, I, I kept joking in the last day or two, you know, we'd, we'd have a shot, Tennis Channel would have a shot of the grounds, and I, you know, I kept saying, welcome to Jurassic Park. I mean Melbourne Park. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> but, <exactly. laughs> um, but the fact is they're, they're playing great tennis. Rafa Nadal, you know, I haven't seen him play this well in a long while. Serena. The tennis she's throwing down at this tournament, I haven't seen her play with that kind of intensity and that kind of focus. I don't think she played this well last year any, anywhere, even when she won Wimbledon. You don't I don't think, think she looked. Think, uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, and and the great thing about um, the great thing about Serena is that you know the times you see her struggle, she's tense, but here she's intense, and there's such a big difference between those two words. And sometimes she goes from Tense to intense, and then back again. You know, we've seen that with right, her. Right. Um, but right now, she's, I mean, if she doesn't, how about the whole idea that if she wants to make history and beat Groff's 22 major, she's got to go through her sister. I mean, let's it's, think of... It's let's, biblical. Let's, I always, <laughs> you know, but I always say, imagine if is. the second best, so Steve Jobs' brother was Correct. head of the rival technology firm. I mean, this is just... It's biblical. It's, it's Shakespearean. It, it, these are... Mega themes of humanity, right, not just of sports, right. not just of you know. Right. This is uh, this is oh, it's a classical. This, yeah, um, this is John Steinbeck stuff. You know, the 
I, you know, with Serena, we also, oh, she's amazing, she's a fighter, she has heart. I find it terribly unsatisfying, but I'm not sure what we can do to advance this. What, what do you say? I mean, she takes the fall off. At the U.S. Open, we see a player who doesn't seem capable of playing back-to-back days anymore. Right. She takes the fall off. She goes to this tournament in Auckland, plays Madison Brangle, and can barely hit the ball. I mean, 88 errors. People saw the 88 errors in a best-of-three match, and people said it looked like she hadn't hit a ball since the U.S. Open. Yeah. And then she comes here a week later and hasn't <laughs> <laughs> dropped a set. I mean, what? what I mean, apart, oh, she's the heart of a champion. I mean, if we drill down, what's going on? <laughs> I, I I don't know anybody that's ever been able to pull off that kind of... I mean, re- remember the year here where Serena had been losing and she looked out of shape and she looked like she ha- hadn't been, you know, playing well. And she ended up winning the tournament. Like, she got in shape round right. after in round. The, yeah, exactly. In right. the court, right. by the by the time she played her seventh match here, right. she was Serena well, I again. People said, what did you do? And she said, well, you know, I just had it said, Serena, you got to get it together. I'm like, <laughs> if only it were that easy. I mean, it is... No, no. The, the 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 wellspring of of will and talent and ambition in that family is it's remarkable. Well, you know what I think is an underrated story. Don't you think they come at it from very different approaches? I mean, we've we've conflated them forever, but I think Venus's motivation, mm-hmm. the source of Venus's will, the way it expresses itself. I think she and Serena come. At, I mean, they, they get to the same place, which right. in this case is the final, but. I think they come at their tennis fairly differently. Oh, I do too. I mean, Serena now, it's all about the majors. Right. I mean, it's it's right. the only thing on her mind. I don't think Venus showed up here thinking, I got a shot to win my eighth major. Right. I don't think so. And if you look at where, I mean, obviously, Venus has had to make all kinds of considerations and concessions because she's got Sjogren's syndrome and, you know, she's got to be careful of how much she plays and all that stuff. But if you look at... The tournament she has deigned to play in recent years, she's playing a lot in Asia. She's obviously getting big paychecks from playing. Right, if right. you look at her schedule, she wants to keep playing, and she has great joy in playing. Um, but I don't think she, I mean, maybe I'm dead wrong, but I don't think she has, I don't no, think she I thought she'd get she to this final. I think at Wimbledon, right. and I have said the last several years, I always look for Venus in the draw. Because she, would, on grass, been, yeah, on grass. Five, right. She's won five majors. Yeah, she's exactly. five, five of her seven majors have right. come on grass. Right. So I'd never take her for granted. And she can. But what she has done, and obviously she's made great use of a soft draw. But when she won that match yesterday against Coco, oh, Vandewey, what a great scene, right? I mean, again, it's all she needed was to, you know. I wish she, uh, again. I go back to Mary Tyler Moore. I wish she had had a beret she could throw in the air. Yeah, again. exactly. Right, free, high free in the frame air. The, uh, the beret <laughs> in the Minneapolis skyline. Um, I mean, I also think, and I, I say this is the libertarian in me. I think God bless her. I think Venus has some financial motivations that Serena might not. I mean, I think Venus knows this is a very well-paying occupation, and there's people on her payroll. And hey, if I can play an exhibition and you know, make make a six figure appearance fee. That's something I'll I'll hear out your offer. I think Serena, you're right. I think Serena's just yeah, she's going for. History. I'm going for 24. I'm going for history. Yeah. Um, so here here's here's my trivia question of the day. Uh oh. Take every ATP player. Okay. Take their last five majors that they've entered. Okay. Who's won the most matches? Roger Federer is the answer. Wait, say right. that again. Say that again. So you take I, take every take I would, every I would player's have said last. Andy Murray. Okay. Remember, he had you know 
fourth round at the U.S. Open. Oh, you're talking about majors. Yeah, at okay. majors. Yeah. So let's start so over last, again. Last, last five majors. Take okay. every player's last five major results. Okay. Who's won the most matches? And you're telling me it's Roger Federer? I'm telling you it's Roger Federer. Um, are you seeing this? this <laughs> it's unbelievable. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and it's No, I mean, think because Djokovic had the query loss and then right, the loss third here. Right, third round, maybe. And, and Andy Murray had an early. Roger Federer's last five results. Right. Semis at Wimbledon. Semis here a year ago. Remember, he didn't play the French or the U.S. Open. 2015 final U.S. Open, 2015 final Wimbledon. So he's gone final, final, semi, semi, minimum final here. That's, uh... What are you trying to say? We, we keep saying, oh, that this is the capstone of his career, and I wonder if you... The other approach is there was a knee injury he had to contend with, but his results of majors are, uh... Yeah, the guy posts. As good as anyone, the guy posts, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um... We don't know who his final opponent is. You think, but hypothetically, you, you think he beats Nadal in the winner take all? Uh, yes, I do. I you do. No, no, I think Nadal. If if it if it becomes Nadal, Roger. Yeah. I'd have to think. I'd have to give the, um, the benefit to to Rafa just because of the, the matchup. You know, we've seen this so many times. Um, Grigor Dimitrov, by the way, it's you know that old. Uh, thank God he's finally he doesn't have to deal with baby Fed anymore. You know, oh. comparing people comparing. <laughs> right. And and what's that old uh, Yogi Berra line? If you can't copy them, don't imitate them. Right. <laughs> um, you know, Grigor has been a great story too. By the way, you know, right. this is a guy who's back in the semis for the first time since a couple of Wimbledon's ago, right? Since since fourteen. So that's a nice storyline. But you know, Andy Roddick came down here because he's he's going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame, and he made a point that Ivan Lendl has made to me in recent years. When you go when you start crunching the numbers, if if Roger doesn't get 18. If he stays at 17 and oh, and Rafa Nadal bumps up exactly. to 15 with and, the French, with with the the French, French yawning ahead. Exactly. I mean, and if you look at the fact that Rafa has beaten Roger two-thirds of the time right. that they've played, I mean, how, I, I, of course we all... Very clay heavy. So many of us say that, you know, Roger is the greatest player of all time, but can you be the greatest player of all time if, you, if you're not the greatest player of your own time? You know, Rafa... What do you, what do you think about that? I... I to me, and, and again, we have to wait till it's all said and done, obviously. Right. But that becomes a jump ball to me. I'm, I'm, and, and Roger stylistically is the most beautiful player I've ever seen. Right. By far. Right. And he is the most, you know, he's a, he's a happy warrior. He's like Venus Williams, and I think that's why people... That's got to count for something, right? For me, it right. does, because I, I weigh everything. <laughs> Sometimes. No, I mean, I, I think that... The, I mean, my, right. put my, I put my thumb on the scale for certain things. Right. People who can make me smile just by the way they behave and the way the dog gets that does point to right. Oh yeah, of course. But he's different. He's I mean he it's not it's not the same aesthetic for me. I am a great appreciator of Rafa Nadal. I think he, what he is doing, coming back the way he's come back, and you know, it's fabulous. But I'm I'm this is my own personal bias. I happen to like people who can make hard things look beautiful. Right. Well, that's just how it is. So. I would put. Uh, I mean, you're, we're, we usually talk about the aesthetics when we when mm-hmm. we say that, and the the half volleys that are effortless. But I, I would put. Uh, you know, this is this is a grind. I would put playing to your mid thirties in that same category. The grind of this tour and right. the travel and the personal demands. Right. And I mean, you and I, you, you come here and you're jet lagged and your <laughs> your Wi Fi code won't work. I mean, it's. Right. This is not like going to the same locker. But Roger makes all of and that Roger look easy. And Roger makes all that look easy, doesn't With it? With four kids. And also, um, 
I think Scott Price was saying this recently. He said, you know, for all the players that you complain about tennis and there's burnout, he loves yeah. this whole scene. He loves being Roger. He loves being, yeah, but being Roger. Being Roger's uh, got to be pretty great. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And, and what, what I've always... I, I, what I've always felt about Roger, I've never seen anybody bend time the way he does. I've never seen anybody look unrushed on and off the court the way he can. I mean, what it's, I, I, it's breathtaking to me how, how easily he, he goes through his life and how easy he makes it all look and, and how gracious he is and, and, and how elegant he can make it look. And then he's a goofy guy, too. You know, then yeah, he then right. he's, that, then he becomes imagine? like this real dorky Roger, which I also right. find exactly. very attractive. All this dad puns. Can you imagine <laughs> some of these athletes? Well, you know, LeBron James and you know what do we always say about them? They're assassins. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to get caught in a dark alley with Roger Clemens or you know, Larry Bird or Tiger Woods. Roger's making these ridiculous puns, and he's doing oh, yeah. it in the middle of a tournament. You oh no, he's a he's is for everything that he is. He's also like one of the all time great dorkmeisters. Exactly, you know? exactly. I, I uh, <laughs> remember the first one of the first uh, Twitter posts. He says the Eiffel Tower with this like, <laughs> odd expression. Um, I think the other thing people don't see. Have you ever seen him before a match? Remember, like, yeah. Azarenko would put on the headphones, and she'd get into right. her bubble, and you see these players in the tunnel, and they're running in place. He's sitting there posing for selfies oh, yeah. with security. And I, again, I've never seen I've never seen a champion wear it all so lightly. I really haven't. I mean, it, it, I've never. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how he, he can. He make was it there yesterday like when we were waiting for, uh, I guess, Venus to come into press. Roger was about an hour from his court time, and he's standing in the middle of the hall. This is like high school before <laughs> first period. He's. We're less than an hour away from a Grand Slam semi, 35 years old, chance to play for that, you know, elusive, you know, 18th. And he's sitting there, and he's in the middle of the hall, and he's, you know, fist bumping the stringers. Yeah, and, and he does it in such, again, to your point, John, he's so playful. So he makes it look, he makes this sport look like a game. And, and that's what happened with Venus yesterday when she won match point against Coco Vandewey in the semis. She was this little girl. Yeah, exactly. Just, I, I was waiting it's for her. Restorative qualities of this uh, this sport. I was waiting for her to do, you know, a cartwheel on the court. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the, the first time I interviewed her was at uh, French Open. Well, not first time. I don't know. One time, French Open 2000, and she was w- walking around with a pig nose. She thought it was the yeah. funniest thing in the world. She had a rubber nose that was a pig nose. <laughs> and uh, I said, "That's that's who I saw. That's who I saw yesterday." Yeah. And I um. Can we, can we go a little dark? Sure. Not dark, dark, but yeah, a little sure. dark. So this is a tremendous story here. And the Williams sisters we're going to be telling our grandkids about, and Roger and Rafa we're going to be telling our grandkids about. These Grand Slams are huge events. We're building these big stadiums. Are we bracing for a big letdown? The post-apocalyptic do you, uh, tennis do you, world? Do you buy that? I mean, post- so somebody said to me, and I don't think he meant any disrespect to the players, but he said, you know, it's, it's Rafa, it's Roger, it's Serena, it's Venus. And what happens when five years from now it's Zverev and Rublev? Are you and convinced? And we've, uh, we've built these big stadiums and we've right. got these. I mean, are you worried for I'm worried for Asia. Long? I think Asia expected that Li Na was going yeah. to, you know, she won a couple of majors, and that was, she that was, was a big WTA bet. That, that was a big sure. bet, and and we'll see if that pays off for them. I, it seems to me like they focused a lot of they threw down a lot of lettuce yep. in Asia, and I, you know that's a, that to me could be risky. I mean, I don't think Serena particularly likes 
flying all the way over there and playing. You know, you can see just by who by who supports it. Venus seems to like going over there, but but not Serena. Right. So, um, yeah, I but, think. But I, I think more more in the sense like, do you wonder? Do you worry how long it's going to take to rebuild this kind of equity? Um, well, first of all, I'm not convinced that five years from now, Roger won't well, still be. <laughs> you say that jo- you you say, say that jokingly, sort of. Why? Uh... <laughs> Why stop being Roger Federer? Exactly, but also why? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I know what you're saying. We have got, we have been blessed in the last decade, even more than that, really, um, with Roger and Rafa and the Williams sisters, and I mean that's going to be a very hard thing to replace. I, I absolutely, I absolutely worry that. I well, here's what I really worry about. Venus seems to get Roger, and. Annie Murray and Novak and like the guys, you know, Rob, they understand their responsibility as top players to the media and to television, you know, right. all of that stuff. Right. And I just hope that, you know, the, the baton gets passed well enough so that younger players understand that they just can't hang out with their team and their, you know, their coach and their physio and their agent and their, and not, and not understand right. what they right. owe to the sport. And right. so, yeah, I worry about that kind of stuff for sure. Um, I, but I, we seem to have a nice bunch of people coming up. There, I mean, I think we got a nice little ball club. Don't you think? On the rise. I, I always thought when people go so crazy on social media and and so and so's a cheater and so and so, you you kind of want to say <laughs> there there really aren't too many villains in this cast, are there? I, I, I look, I you know me, I'm so I I'm so besotted with this sport. I'm so enamored right. of it. Um, and all I ever do is is root for the good guys, and I think there are yes, I think there are a lot of good guys. I think a lot of that's top down. When, when Roger and Rob, I mean, Roth is in there, and he's playing bocce in the. I don't know if you saw that clip. Foot bocce, he's yes. Playing foot bocce, and the, these guys are, <laughs> yeah, just sort of menchy. And 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 the great guy. thing is, when you last that long, a couple of things are good about it. The first thing is, you know. It's, a, it's what Andre Agassi learned in the last several years of his career. If you last long enough, you get to use your experience. You know? Right. So that's a right. big yeah, bonus. Exactly. And, you know, for us, for the public watching them, if they last that long, you really get to know them and care about them. You really get to feel like well, that's what I mean by you the know equity. who they are. Yeah, yeah that's yes. what I mean by you built all this equity. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to play, you know, and Venus and, and Serena, Roger, these guys have been around a long while. We feel like... We know them. We we want to cheer for them. We want to we want to see them bump up against each other. And yeah, I think um, I, th- I think you don't you also feel like that you get perspective that somebody takes a shot at you on a TV commentary or you have a bad loss. I think when you're when you're Rafa and you're Roger and Serena and Venus, you know what? Yeah, it's, it's oh, all they part know of what to do exactly. With that. They know this what is to not going to beset me for six months. Oh no! I mean they they're too smart for that. Right. I I I've never felt like. First of all, I think especially someone like Serena, I've always been impressed that, you know, she is her own law, you know? I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't, you can't, you can't criticize her and really make a big dent in her. If she's not playing right, well, right. that, that puts a dent in her. Right. But everything else, she knows what, she's, they're smart, the right. Williams sisters. Yeah. They know what to do with all that nonsense. The, um, can you believe, if if I said to you six months ago, yes. we were going to be talking about the 2017 Australian Open, <laughs> and scarcely reference Novak Djokovic. Yeah. Yeah. You, you would tell me. Uh, I'd say. No, I'd, I'd say you're. You're. What the hell's going on there? You meathead! How can that yeah, possibly exactly. be true? Right. No. Um. Yeah. Isn't that something? He. Um. He. Be, he went. I, I honestly thought last year that you know he had a real shot 
at you know, oh yeah, Real at sure, lapping right? the field, right? At, at right. Just and it'll be interesting to see what he, what he can come up with now that Rafa is back and Rogers back and Andy. I still have great faith in Andy Murray, who I really I got to talk to Judy Murray. Oh right, right, this right, week, right, right, Earlier this week, John and I've wanted to speak with her for so long, and she was supposed to give us a half hour, and ninety mm. minutes later we were still talking. I mean that woman is, is terrific. Um, bullet, so bullet, I th- bullet points. What do you give, give us? Oh, just about she. She talked about. I, I asked her. You know, what kind of big brother is Jamie? What kind of little brother is Andy? What kind of father is he? What kind of you know? And and she just gave tremendous answers. And and she talked about. I said, if there's one thing, if there's one thing, if you wake up in the middle of the night smiling, what are you smiling about? And she said, the Davis Cup. A couple of years ago, she said. She said there was. That's a great question. Well, she said she, and obviously it was because both her sons were in it, and sure. her, Leon Smith, who she treats well, it's as kind another. Of her, it's kind of, she's the architect. In she's some the architect, and the right? semis were played in in in, yeah, in, in, in Scotland. Yeah, yeah, in Scotland. And there were eight thousand people there, and it had no. When she was growing up, there were no indoor courts in Scotland, you know. <laughs> right, and right. she she's looking around and seeing this appreciation and this, and it was this big international event. And she said, and there are my boys on the court. I mean, come on. So I do think, I, uh, all of which is to say, when people like her are around trying to make the sport healthier and, and more important and making it better for women, and, and again, I still think Andy's going to be a major force uh, this season. He'll be around for, for years longer. Right. I'm not that, I, I'm, I'm not that worried. I think, I think we've got a nice thing going. Yeah, and you know what? They always hold these events. There's always going to be a champion after seven rounds. It's not like they say the big four have retired. Forget it. We're closing up Wimbledon. There's always going to be a new winner. But honestly, can I, you know, everyone, everyone keeps talking about the big four. The big, so there were four, okay? And then there, were, then there was just Novak, right. 2011. There was right. just the big one. Right. So I stopped and, talking uh, about the big four. In 2015, too. Right? And in 2015, there was the big one. Right. Right? And in 2016... There wasn't the big one anymore because Novak won one, but Stan Wawrinka wins another right, one, right. and you know what I mean. So Andy well, no, wins Novak one. Novak had the first half of the year that exactly. was brilliant, and then. So I think the right. I think we have to stop talking about the big four. I think we have to. It's it's on a year by year basis. I think the the big That's, four hasn't been true for a long time. Really? Uh, yeah, I really do. Look look at the consistency though of this was Andy Murray's earliest loss at a major since two thousand eight. Right. I mean, the rely. I mean, the, it's for, if winning slams, and I think you're right. But I think that's what I'm ter- talking about. In terms about. of reliability. Oh yeah, no, no, no. They these guys again. I love people who who show up. And, right. And again, you know, I know that you're pretty fascinated with Nick Kyrgios. And, I am. And again, he had a. And you really are. <laughs> it's so funny because you you and I I think disagree a little bit on this. We absolutely disagree. Is, his his camp thinks I'm the devil. I mean, I feel like. I'm this guy's great defender. Yeah, I'm and, not, uh, I can't even imagine what his camp thinks of me. I, yeah. I, my point is that you know, when you look and see who is still around at this tournament, okay, Venus, Serena, Rafa, Roger, you know, Grigor, who's worked so hard yeah, to, right, recently, to, yeah, to get exactly. himself back right. in this right. conversation. Right. What doesn't Nick Kyrgios see? What what doesn't doesn't at some point doesn't he have to? take a long, hard look at that and say, look how much harder they're working. Look how much harder they care. Look how much I harder got, they... i got a few more years to uh, that's enjoy fine. the good life. That's fine, John, but in. here's the thing. You know, uh, is... No, you're right. Don't you think? Yeah, I, the other thing, too, I think is... I'm, I'm a great fair. appreciator of hard work. I, right. To me, that... 
that really counts. Everything right. counts, and and work especially. And and I would love to see. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see Nick Kyrgios live up to his talents. I think that would be tremendous. The guy's a rock star, but he has to. I I just got to think. If he's sitting on on the couch eating Cheetos, watching the women's final this weekend or the men's final, things might start occurring to him. Right. Right. I hope well, so. well, what if it? Can, I mean, my thing too is, what if it comes from the other side? What if it's? Wait a second, Zverev. This guy's younger than I am, and he's putting in the exactly. instead of looking at the older guys. Correct. If he's getting pushed, you're right from the younger players. But I still think, you know how you know how Nadal is. We say he's thirty. Yes. Which, which he is chronologically, but <laughs> yes. uh, between the mileage on his game and all right. he's been through and the injuries, it's probably not so accurate. I think Nick Kyrgios is a lot younger. He's, I think emotionally, yeah, but he's a I, child. Okay, but physically too, he keeps getting hurt. His back is bad. It's, you know, you got. Well, I think those are. I think like those are interconnected, don't you? Yeah, so he's I, not putting in the. I, he's not acting like a professional, word. right? I think someone here. I like professional. There's no player where when the body goes, the mind goes in unison quite like Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> Another player told me that that there's one when, when physically that's what happened when he tanked that he was exhausted from playing right. the previous week, right? And that's... when the body goes, he just checks out. Mentally. Well, that's my point. That it, when people say, "Oh, all he's got to do is focus mentally," no, I'm there like, no, <laughs> no. Actually, there's all this gym work he's got to do, and there's all these reps he's got to take on the court. No, I still, I, I think there's a. Lot I of hope time. you're right. No, no, no. I, I'm rooting I, for the guy, I, too. I don't think he's a, a fig- I mean, I, I don't think there's malice there. I mean, I think there's yeah. immaturity, but I, I don't think he's a bad guy. I think it's, he can live a very nice life at number 13, and you get a fast car, and you make millions of dollars. I also just think he's, he's a child. Yeah, but that's why, again, it's that famous Jimmy Connors quote, the reason he liked Nadal. He said he plays like he's broke. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Nick like, Kyrgios does not play like he's broke. No, he doesn't. He plays like he's rich. That's a really good... Uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that. Yeah. That's, I've heard... I've heard uh, that's good. Yeah. He plays like the ball owes him money, but uh, that's good. All right. Is it... Uh, you want to do predictions, or is that too uh, cliche? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You, you think, I, think, I, I think Serena wins. Yeah, I do too. I think Serena wins. Um, and I, I, I don't... I In no way do I... Would I ever hold this against them? It is so fraud and so freighted, and the notion of playing... Against the person you once shared a bunk bed yeah. for history is just a crazy story. I, I still think it's underrated. I I I it's not not I mean, I, not just in sports. Personally, I, mean, I don't think it's. I mean, I have always been consumed with that. I mean, I that is one of the all time great sports stories. Glo- I think it's a great stories. I mean, it's a it's a global sport. I mean, think about the pool just as, from a probability yeah. exercise. This is Jeff Bezos's brother. Chuck owns uh, is, is the CEO of Google. I mean, it's just there's nothing like this. No, um, no. I, so that's the, the women. And right. on, on the guys' side, I think if Roger plays Grigor Dimitrov, um, Roger Roger gets to number eighteen. Right, if Roger right. plays Rafa Nadal, I think Rafa might get to fifteen. It's interesting. Rafa, I just thought about this. Rafa, Rafa gets like uh, basically gets the same match twice in a row. Right. Yeah. I mean, with some. If you can't copy them, don't imitate yeah, exactly, them. Right. Be better. Yeah, um, but here's, and again, this is my favorite part of the 2017 Australian Open. Every single storyline is good. Every one, no matter what the outcome. There are just, there have been so many great storylines. No, you're right. You can't, I, can't go wrong. You can't, you cannot go wrong. You know, if 
Mirjana Lucic had figured out a way to be Venus. That would have been an unbelievable oh, story, yeah, you know. Yeah, right, right. Um, if you know, oh, Coco and- if Coco had like all this crazy, if Zverev had kept going, right. either one of them. Well, I think, I think Dimitrov <laughs> is a nice story. If Dimi- that's guy is burdened by expectations. We haven't even talked about it. burdened by expectation. Goes to number forty as right. a celebrity distractions, <laughs> and now here he is. That's what I'm saying. There are no bad ah, this, 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 someone, someone tweeted me yesterday. I love this, and I wish I had it in front of me. I'd quote it verbatim. But he said, this, this story writes itself with, with magic and mystery. For all the craziness mm. and all the cockamamie the conflicts and yes. the rules, this, this no sport has this <laughs> sense of uh, irony and mystery and magic, does it? Uh, it's, that's why it's my favorite. That's a great place to stop. All right. I'll see you out there. Huh? Thanks. See you in a few. Pleasure. All right, that does it for this week. Again, great tournament here from Australia. Special thanks to Mary Carrillo for drinking coffee with me and talking some tennis. Again, this is the Sports Illustrated slash Tennis Channel tennis podcast for this week. It's the final weekend at the Australian Open. It's been a great tournament. Thanks to Mary. Thanks to our trusty producer, Jamie Lasanti, back in New York. Enjoy the weekend of tennis, everyone. We'll have a new guest next week. Enjoy the tennis. Thank you.